and welcome back to Beauty from the Heart. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, and each week I'm talking to different people from the beauty industry and beyond. I just love having a chat with people that I think are doing great things. Today, I'm going to introduce you to one of my oldest best friends. She happens to be the co-founder of one of the biggest beauty and makeup brands in the world, in my opinion. It's Kate, the co-founder of Peaches and Cream. So a little bit of background to this story. I went to uni in Liverpool and alongside doing my degree, I met Kate and Nicola at Peaches. I just became obsessed with the shop and I used to write a blog and I always wanted to go in and, you know, take pictures and do little bits and pieces with them. They asked me if I wanted to come in and they would teach me makeup from scratch. It's a really small family run place and they really just took me in as an honorary family member it was just the loveliest time Kate and Nicola have such an amazing backstory of how they essentially just took simple consistent steps and built this amazing thing and I think if you're someone that's thinking about a new business venture or pursuing your dream this story will be really really fascinating to you there's so much to tell that we're going to do it in two parts so here to tell us part one it's Kate Hiya, Kate. Hi, Rose. How cool. <laughs> it is weird, actually. It is weird knowing what to actually describe you as if I talk to another person about you, because, like, I don't think I've ever had to introduce you to anyone. We have got a unique friendship, haven't we? <laughs> I think because, well, I wouldn't say we've become almost like family. We are like family. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like, I think especially recently, people will say to me, can I just ask you, you know, have you tried, have you heard of peaches and cream? Have you tried any of that stuff? Is it good? And I'm always like, I've probably sold it to you at the clothes show. Never mind, have I tried it before? Yeah, you have always been the biggest advocate for peaches. (laughs) I think though, that's probably like a common thread in my, my life where I don't really have like a lot of segregation between peaches and the Donnellys as a family yeah and you're just obviously like an honorary Donnelly aren't you (laughs) well this is it so for anyone that knows of peaches and cream they think of it as this big global entity I think I've really noticed especially having TikTok that you see people using it literally all over the world but actually people are so shocked to find it is a small family run business from Liverpool always has been I kind of want to go to the very beginning for anyone that is getting to know the peaches and cream story and just start at the beginning you and Nicola are at college I'd love to hear what were the initial kind of musings of this whole thing that you've created I know I promised you not too many tangents but it probably starts before then go on that I'd actually gone to university to do a design degree. And I've always enjoyed, you know, art, being creative, different things um, like that. But when I went to university to do art, it was actually quite reclusive. Like you'd be in studios all day on your own painting. And anyone who does actually know me or who's been on the Peaches page or the lives or now that I just can't shut up. Like I'm <laughs> such a big people person. I don't stop for breath. and um, it just, I could just tell early on that it wasn't going to be for me in terms of a career. Yeah. So I'd left that course and I was a little bit unsure what to do. And it was my brother's 18th birthday and he was having a fancy dress party and I did the makeup for all the family. 
And looking back, like it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't any good, the makeup or anything. But obviously everyone was like, oh, that was brilliant. You're so talented. And there's a shop in Liverpool. Well, it's not there anymore. When you came to Liverpool Uni, was Quiggins still there? You know where the Quiggins used to be next to the Blue Coat? Oh, no, it wasn't there when I was there. It was the big one by the Egg Cafe. Me and my mum had a friend in there with an antique store and we always used to go to raid all our antique rings and stuff because, you know us, we love anything like that. And we told her about this party and she was just like, because Liverpool is very much like this for anyone who knows and I know that you love that about it. You literally talk to everyone as if you know everyone really well. Yeah, absolutely. Straight away, she's like, oh, you should go and do what my friend does. She does all the film and the theatre makeup. She described it all down at Hubert College. I ended up going and looking at the course because I was at a bit of a loose end and I was at a stage where I dropped out of uni because it wasn't for me and was feeling very self-conscious like that my mum and dad were going to want to know. Come on, what like, what What's are you next? next then? Yeah. So I went to look at this course because I've always enjoyed, like you, or, like absolutely love the theatre. I think that's why... Maybe it's one of the things that me and you've had in common that we love, like the theatrical makeup. We love dressing up. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like, I'd been to this private school where everything was all about academic achievements and I'd gone to do this art degree, but we'd never, you know, I didn't realise that there were courses out there to do film and theatre. Makeup, it wasn't something that our school would have ever encouraged anyone to go and do. I just thought, yeah, this is going to be fantastic. It was a little bit strange because when I enrolled, I'd obviously done my A-levels and I'd gone to university, so I was a little bit older. Like, I laugh now at Nicola, my business partner, who I met there because it was almost like I was in the overs category, (laughs) whereas Nicola's four years younger than me, so she came straight from school as a 16-year-old. So, yeah, I was like, like, had a funny stage and I thought, oh, this, this does feel a little bit funny in a way. It felt like I was going backwards just because I was around so many people much younger than me. At first, I was just thinking, oh, I don't know if this is for me, but for me, because I'd been such a, like, a high achiever in school, this stage of not really having a direction in my life, I just thought, well, you're here now. You need to keep going with it. Um, So I'm just kind of so glad that I did, to be honest, because I just absolutely loved it. Like all the um, the coursework, the different briefs we got every week. I was there for two years and towards the second year, a lot of people had dropped off. And then it's it's quite funny in makeup college and anyone who's been um, would probably like relate to it. But obviously you've got all different levels of ability in the class. Yeah. And as you get to the second year, the standards are really high. But me and Nicola, and I think it maybe came more, knowing her personality, it probably came more from her than me. She was always quite keen to pair up with me as her partner because she wanted to wear all these, like, masterpieces. And I still remember her saying things like, okay, I want you to do my wedding makeup. And then the thing is, is you always have to go on your lunch break wearing these makeovers. 
So if you'd have had someone who'd like flapped it, not finished, or like, I don't know, the prosthetic nose was hanging off or... You just like, looked was, absolutely ridiculous on your lunch break. It, it wasn't a good look down in Bootle and Hubert College on your lunch break with like loads <laughs> of 16-year-old lads just ready to like rip you to death. So me and Nick started partnering up. Um, and then my mum... Sure, she's just like always had an obsession for Nick because she's like so cute and girly. So she would be like, Oh, Kate, that girl in your class, she's so pretty, she's so beautiful. And she hasn't stopped saying it to this day. Mare loves like shiny, pretty things, doesn't she? Exactly. So when Mare used to come <laughs> in to be my model, her and Nick kind of got this little latch together. And then when we left the college, it was quite sad, to be honest, because the makeup industry was not what it is now. You, yeah. You know, there was a Mac shop in London. Um, you, you had to ring up over the phone if you wanted it. Mac was something that you got on the on holiday if you went to, um, you know, America on holiday. Yeah. Um, not, not that we did. My mum won't fly, but anyway. <laughs> So we'd have to get Uncle Bren to bring the Mac over from Canada um, when he was coming home to see us all. So what I'm saying is the makeup industry was very different. And whereas now, like, makeup courses that, you know, there's so many of them. Yeah. You've, you know, you've got things like Glow Up on the TV, like TV programs dedicated to makeup artistry. Then the industry was so different. So it was quite sad because by the end of the second year, it was kind of um, a little bit of a like wake up call to realise that unfortunately there aren't many jobs in the theatre for makeup. Most most productions will employ a makeup designer who will then teach the cast how to do their own makeup. And at the time, can I just ask, is that what you thought you were going to do with that course? Did you initially go into it thinking, I'm going to take it into film and TV? I definitely, of all of it, and even to this day now, the theatrical makeup is my favourite. Yeah. So with the film and TV, I did a few placements while I was in college and a lot of the makeup that you do for that type of thing, it's very understated, subtle makeup. So, you you know, you're making people up to look like everyday people normally do. There's no glitter. There's no shimmer. Yeah. There's, no, there's no physical transformations. And then obviously at the high end with the prosthetic makeup, I actually really love doing that type of makeup as well. But for me, the process of making prosthetics, it's actually very... Um, tedious or the casting and the transferring of mold to mold so for the my type of personality I love the instant kinds of wow theatrical makeup and that even in the theater you're quite you've got those time constraints to you so yeah. again even like you'll notice with peaches from your time there we love quick fast-paced work there's so many things there that you've touched on because it was a really different time for makeup and there was nowhere near the awareness of what your makeup could be like. When I first came across Peaches, you were this place that had this incredibly glamorous makeup style that you couldn't find anywhere else. So just to kind of come back to you finished college, you and Nick have realised we're really on the same page here. I know that one of the first things you started to do was go into the wedding fairs together. So what was that journey like thinking, okay, the two of us can come up with something really good together? 
So basically, I knew that our tutor had always said that bridal makeup was a really good one. She referred to it as like your bread and butter of makeup artistry. Yeah. Because you're always going to have people who want to pay to get made to look lovely on the wedding day. Yeah. So I kind of had a little look up at um, some you know, wedding fairs. And when I looked into it, there used to be a really famous wedding fair in Liverpool St. George's Hall. I can't remember, but it was a lot of money. I, I want to say it was around about a £1,000, something like that, to do the wedding fair. You know, that just seemed like a lot of money when I'd never even done a wedding makeup before. It's a lot of money today, to be fair, never mind however many years ago. Basically, I rang around some people from like college and I was like, does anyone want to go in on it? Nick was like, well, up for it because I think she would have been the same as me as like she'd loved the course, but we'd left and we wanted to carry on our journey of what we were doing, but we did. The, there wasn't anything to carry it on. So long story short, like we were just like, right, we're going to do this wedding fair. And then it was basically everyone's sleeves are rolled up. My mum had the glue gun out. We were like, right, we need really need to, you know, like make this look really good, like make our stand look good. We need to, like everyone always says, oh, how did you come up with the name Peaches and Cream? So the short version of the story is, is that me and Nick both loved the colour coral. I think it was like this virgin isle cream colour from MAC. It was like our signature favourite colour that we loved on our cheeks and lips. So we were like, right, we, we want our brand to be like coral and white. So we decided we wanted this coral and white branding. So we were like, right, what we need to think of a name that goes with that. I remember at the time, I think there was a Mac blusher called Peach Twist or something. So we were like, we need to think of something that's got the word peach in. So we were just doing literally play on words, bouncing off each other. And I said, oh, peaches and cream. Like, I didn't even think it. Yeah. At this time, we weren't even thinking like, oh, what will be a brilliant, you know, name. It just flew out. And then we were like, yeah, that's it, isn't it? And I think because there was two of us. Yeah. And then we did this wedding fair. And obviously, you, you know... You know me, like, I love to go to town on making anything look the best it can look. Can I just say something you said a second ago that really made me laugh? You were talking about setting up the fair and you said Mayor had the glue gun. And I just thought... I think every one of us at different touch points of our lives can say that Big Mare and the glue gun has made it that extra bit more special. Well, she had that glue gun out. We were down the flower wholesalers and our stand, because we ended up in this corner stand that because we'd booked so last minute, they put us right near the stage and we rolled up in our denim pedal pushers. We had these... Um, green and white gingham checked wedges from a regular choice. They were really <laughs> weird 70s looking shoes. Nick would never normally entertain these shoes, but she trusted me on it. As well, I think at the time, like the likes of a brand like Benefit, it would have been a real like inspiration to us. But we obviously wanted to do our own like scouse spin on that, if you know what I mean. So we had these shirts rolled up, the hair was back combed, vanilla pigment from MAC literally everywhere. Everywhere. Because this is before we obviously had our own brand. And everyone, so in the wedding fair, there's, you know, funnily enough, it's actually quite a male-dominated industry. So we rolled up and, I mean, I'm not glamorous but Nicola, anywhere we go, even if she's wearing a tracksuit, I don't know if it's the blonde hair, what it is, but 
people's jaws dropped to the floor. Well, we rolled up. <laughs> then you've got Big Mare in tow with all the flowers, the glue guns and sandwiches and crisps for everyone else on the stores. And it was like, we have arrived. Bear in mind, we'd never done a bride and the portfolio was full. Of theatrical makeup. <laughs> well, we went on eBay and bought a wedding dress for £80 and we dressed my mate Liz up. We were like, right, we need this portfolio of all these fake weddings that we've done. And I don't mind saying that now and anyone I've told it to, but we were like rolling up. And because of how we looked and the stand looked, and it's funny because like, I don't know now as a person how I would have fronted that out. But I suppose when you haven't got a choice and like you need to, you're starting your own business, you're thinking no one's going to trust me to do their wedding makeup if they know I've never done a wedding makeup. So when people were saying, how long have you been doing this for? (laughs) Me and Nicola were just kind of bending the truth to say two years we, th- we never actually fully went there to say, yeah, two years since we actually picked up a makeup brush and went to college. <laughs> it was just we'd, be- we'd been doing it for two years. But because of all the branding and everything that we'd done for the stand, everyone thought it was a franchise. But then because she's so loud and, like, boisterous, everyone thought it was my mum's business. So because my <laughs> my mum, I mean, you know it, you're, you're fully under the spell, 10 years in, under Big Mare's spell of like this like magical person. Everyone is, to be fair. Like peaches wouldn't be peaches without Mare. With her on the stand, people instantly felt comfortable with what was going on. She's a very magnetic person that because she has that natural energy about her, you want to see what's going on and what she's excited about. But also... I can't think of many other people that are genuinely so interested in another person than Mare. And she asks so many questions and it's not in a nosy way or an intrusive way. But you really feel like she really wants to get to know me and she's going to listen to my story and she cares. And she just, she's like everyone's biggest hype woman. Because my mum always kind of... My dad is my mum's childhood sweetheart and they got married and of all people to be able to say this, despite the plastic wedding shoes she had on and all the things that she moans weren't good enough, Mare actually had a white wedding. It snowed on a wedding day and she got carried into the church. How many people can say that? But yeah. that is just hair all over, like falling on her feet with like... Fairy tale, yeah. But I think because she didn't have this big over-the-top wedding dress, this big over-the-top proposal. She was buzzing for everyone else. She really um, threw herself into the wedding industry, absolutely loved it, loved all the brides, wanted to know what everyone was wearing, whether they would get married, just everything about it. So I think she was like, she was and she still is the backbone of Peaches. At that time, Mayor, Nick, everyone made that shop like a community as well as a place. So if I'm just going to quickly paraphrase and fast forward what happened, um, you and Nick got together, set up this beautiful peaches and cream shop that was again family run and it was in Garston, became really popular, moved to a new premises in Liverpool city centre. This was the time I've come along and got a job with you there. 
But even at that time, even though you had the new premises and the big shop and, you know, the name Peaches and Cream was everywhere, it was still a very close knit, like you were really in the know if you got your makeup done there or it was the same regulars week in, week out. And like back then, it was unheard of to go somewhere and get your makeup done. I barely think anyone would have gone to a counter to get it done, never mind a shop with makeup artists in it. Like this just didn't exist. Back then, the kind of what makeup wasn't really, you had body shop. But other than that, makeup wasn't really geared towards younger people. It was all very like, you know, all your um, prestigious brands, very polished. And I remember always feel like feeling like I wanted it all, but I felt too embarrassed at the counter. And I always just felt like that when I started working on the counters and when we started Peaches and Cream, the one thing that I've always wanted to just make sure is that I needed to know that the person didn't feel awkward. So I've always wanted with the brand, with the shop, the way that we made it, we just wanted everyone to feel really comfortable. It wasn't about like, oh, you need to be in a certain click to come to this shop. You need to look a certain way. You know, me and Nick, like, I think that, again, it was another thing that was in common with us is that even though we know how to make ourselves look nice with all the makeup, we're both very down to earth. Yeah. Something that stuck with me when we were doing our training, we had a tutor once who said something about makeup artist etiquette. Like, you don't really wear much makeup yourself because especially on a wedding day, it's about making your bride feel, you know, nice. To be honest, now in hindsight, when I'm much older, I'm, I don't really... I don't know what I think of like such hard rules as that. I think like if you want to put your makeup on, I mean, I wish I'd done that. The amount of wedding albums people have come in and said, okay, look, look at the photos here you are. And I'm looking in the background like an apparition of myself thinking, God, I could have done with a bit of mascara on. So for those first couple of years of actually earning our reputation, we would be in the full works all day from like seven, eight in the morning till seven, eight at night because there was no way anyone was going to let you near their eyebrows or their their eye makeup if you didn't look like you knew what you were doing. Yeah, we're doing yourself. And then again, another thing that has been really good is obviously our business has grown in the era that social media has started. So having that Instagram page, that profile for people to go on. When we first started the business, we didn't have that. So people had heard it was good, but they were sitting down and they were still expecting probably not to like it because back then it was like everyone had a horror story of getting the makeup done on a counter and having to wipe it off or whatever. Like that's all you would ever hear. And you've been there in the shop. There's been a few wiping face moments like it happens everyone it's part of being a makeup artist yeah I think I've definitely been at the helm of quite a few of those possibly in comparison to other makeup artists extra wipes on extra (laughs) put an extra pack of wipes on the station mum it's so true but listen for anyone that doesn't know about the Dale Street shop I really just want you to set the scene Um, Can you explain what this shop actually looks like? Because I feel like the shop in itself is a complete spectacle that really draws people in. I think what it is, Rose, is that because I'd been following this creative path from when I was younger and then I diverted into this route of makeup, I'd felt like that so much of what I was doing in terms of like your beauty makeup, your smoky eyes, your bridal was not fulfilling like my creative 
you know, passions or like ability of what I could do. Being able to like decorate the shop, put on theme days, put on peaches and cream. That's like an avenue or an outlet for me to be able to express my creativity. So I was like, I want people to come into the shop and actually be taken aback at what I'm walking into. Describe what they're walking into. It's like Alice in Wonderland inspired now. That might sound a little bit tired now all these years later, but like it still looks absolutely amazing. We've got like a forest over one wall, you checkerboard floor, your waiting area is like actually astroturfed. Again, these are a lot of things that you see and pop up now on Instagram. But you've got to remember when we created that shop, Instagram didn't actually exist. Talk to us about the rest. You've got your top hat lights, you've got your Blythe dolls on the walls. Yeah, do you know one of the things people love actually? Upstairs we have this really... um colourful floral wallpaper but it's very oversized and everyone says that's amazing where did you get it and it was actually wallpaper that I had made off a vintage dress that I'd bought all the furniture in the waiting area was all sourced through eBay all old furniture and then all resprayed really really bright colours upholstered in like really crazy fabrics but things that we'd found one off So I always think it's lovely to just go back on those moments because I feel like you're so right. We're in this age of social media now where people see millions of Instagram followers and when you are always looking at things instantly, it's easy to forget that there's a whole heritage and history behind that kind of journey. And also, I just think the Peaches story is really inspiring to anyone that is just starting out in makeup, that they can achieve every one of those dreams. You know, you've gone from college to setting up a business with Nicola, who has always been one of your best friends. You've got the shop together. You ended up founding the brand together. If someone's listening, and they're at the beginning of their makeup journey what would you say is the best piece of business advice you've ever been given it's hard to think on the best advice that I've been given the best advice I could give to anyone now go on yeah try and stay focused on the on the bit that you've got in front of you because you're gonna get to the bit after that but don't focus on the bit after it or you won't do the bit that you've got to do as well as you can. And then also something else that I would say that's so relevant to me now is that a fact of life is that things will always change and transition. So my dad always used to say to me, because he's got his own business and he used to say, you won't always be putting makeup on people's face, you know. And I'd be horrified at the thought <laughs> of that when he used to say it. And obviously, because dads are, you know, they know these things, he, he was right and that it's just natural with your business life that you will have to transition onto different things um so I think that's why it's important to enjoy each stage that you're in when you're in it because you won't be in it forever and it one day it'll actually be something that you look back on and think oh I love that that period yeah. of my business you know like for us now when we look back at Dale Street I think it's really nice, actually, that you brought up Paul, because from my experience of coming to work at Peaches, I mean, for a number of reasons, it was obviously so much fun and I learned so much and it was invaluable in terms of, you know, I've remained in beauty ever since. And that is because you girls gave me the best possible start anyone could wish for. Um, But also, 
I felt like I inherited a whole family, you know, a few days after you asked me to come and actually join Peaches after I'd been popping in and wanting to see the shop and loving it and all the rest of it. My auntie passed away very suddenly and I inherited this whole secondary family, you know, that you always took me in. I was always there for dinner. It was just, it was a really incredible experience in time for me because I was away from home but I felt like I had a little family unit away from home and it still feels like a family unit to me now um I do think though as well one of the things for me that is an absolutely defining part of Peaches is that it's from Liverpool and there is such a special quality to people from Liverpool it's my favorite place in the world do you think Peaches would have had the same impact anywhere else? Or is it the fact that Liverpoolians are so proud and happy to support one another that it catapulted into what it is today? Well, it's funny that you should say that because when I've spoke to other people before, this question's come up. And I think that the key to it being in Liverpool was people trusted me and Nicola doing this glamorous style of theatrical makeup on them that hadn't really been done before. And I don't think within the country there's another group of women who would have been as up for how over the top that was. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Even, you know, years later doing hem parties, you'll notice that there's different people of different levels of how dramatic that they're willing to go for with a look. You know, for example, something like one of the biggest um, successes of Founding Peaches as a business for doing special occasion makeup was Ladies' Day and the Grand National in Liverpool. There's no occasion like it anywhere in the world. You know, everyone loves to, like, laugh over the photos or pick out the horror scenes but it is like no matter what you think of it personally against your own personal style there's no denying the level of effort that people go to is a step above anything else for that type of event so again it's that it's that style that scouts um women have always been known for being that little bit more adventurous yeah and to you know up the glamour stakes well listen I think that the more we've been talking I've kind of thought I think we need a part two there's so many things we want to delve into so what I'm going to say is let's pause it here for today and hold that thought and let's do a part two and talk about the whole Dale Street experience De definitely because I've just been getting palpitations thinking how we're going to wrap this up I, I can't wrap up I've got so much left unsaid <laughs> why doesn't that surprise anyone I know <laughs> all right oh thanks for that Rose I've loved that you know me too all right I'll speak to you soon okay bye Thank you so much for listening and a big thank you to my producer Ella for putting that together for me I hope you enjoyed you can reach out at Rose Gallagher on Instagram I'd love to hear your thoughts and I'll look forward to seeing you again next week take care